Everyone, welcome to the Sketchnote Army podcast. I'm Mike Rohde, your host, the author of the Sketchnote Handbook and the Sketchnote Workbook. And today, we have a double feature. We have Dana Laudenberger and Carrie Baucham Baucham on the show. I knew it was gonna. I knew it was gonna be a challenge, Carrie. So, uh, <laughs> Carrie, you, you you take it first and uh, tell us a little bit about you. You're um, you're an educator like Dana, and you're using sketchnoting in your practice as uh, an educator. And I'd love to hear sort of what you do, and and then Dana, you can go right after that. Sounds good. Sure. Um, I'm Carrie Balkum. I teach uh, a sixth, seventh, and eighth grade special education class in Arlington Heights, Illinois, at South Middle School, and we use. Um, sketchnoting in a variety of ways in my special education classroom. Um, I find that the biggest power for me and my students doesn't come from sketchnoting as a whole, but from sketchnoting's parts. And so I really try to, I've really worked on understanding the parts of sketchnoting and then utilizing each of those, um, each of its strengths to then apply that in my classroom to help my students improve their um, reading, their comprehension, their recall, um, and their retention of information. And it's been um, pretty amazing. Wow, wow! And that's cool that you're uh, you're felt comfortable enough to sort of break it out into the parts that you felt would work for you, or in the order that you would have them work for you. That you didn't feel compelled that you had to do it in any certain way. That you could tear it apart and use it almost like Lego blocks or Tinker Toys or something. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. So Dana, tell us a little bit about yourself. All right. I am a fourth grade teacher in Lake Zurich, um, Illinois. It's a north suburb. And um, I use it, I, this is probably my third year using it with students, and I it's been a game changer for me. Um, I have taught to the elements, and I've kind of picked and choose so that way they, the students kind of can grasp what kind of makes a sketch note and what mm-hmm. makes visual note taking um, successful. But I've also gotten pretty obsessed with the process of it um, and showing them like we kind of talk about like it's like a mind movie and capturing your mind movie visually. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing I do in the beginning of the year is just talk about how it's kind of right off from you, Mike, is it's about the ideas, not the art. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I squash the perception in the beginning of the year, we are flying. And we use it in every single content area. We have numbers talking to each other in math. We have, um, this year I got a grant and we got um, sketchbooks for, instead of spiral notebooks for social studies, our entire social studies year is being documented visually. Wow. um, In their own, they're called their social studies doodle books. But um, it's it's been pretty enlightening to see the synthesis. They... It's beyond the recall. They actually, by putting the pictures with the thoughts, it has their thinking has become deeper and their understanding has truly soared. It's been a game changer for sure. Wow! Wow, that's really cool. And that you know, uh, you're in two different locations. You have two different populations, two different you know age spans, uh, and yet the uh, the concept seems like it's working in those contexts well, which is really encouraging for me. That makes me feel great, and I think. Um, uh, I feel good that uh, I was able to sort of release this thing on the world in a sense, but <laughs> I'm actually more excited, and I've said this before, I'm more excited to see people taking sort of this kernel of an idea that I was fortunate to, you know, have some part in getting going, and that uh, you guys are willing to sort of take it and adapt it to your needs, um, and that you're finding it useful 
and I see this all over the place. You know, I've mentioned before my friend Rob DeMio, who uses it in uh, in science to capture uh, mm-hmm. very complex mm-hmm. information, and uh, all mm-hmm. over the place, all different people are using it different ways. So this is just two new spaces um, w- using it in primary education. I think that's primary and secondary education. Um, to teach younger kids. So we've had uh, Michael Clayton was on, um, I think in season mm-hmm. one, and he talked about uh, the college level, college level where he mm-hmm. teaches. And he's actually taken a sabbatical this summer to figure out how he can build a program for his college level kids, students, to use uh, visual note taking and sketch noting uh, as graphic design cool. students, which is really aligned. Fantastic. Right. So, I mean, there's sort of, there's one end of it, but you guys are right at the other end of it, right at the beginning of mm-hmm. comprehension and reading and all that kind of stuff and sort of forming these students' minds around <clears throat> how they can listen and take ideas and, and formulate them. So, why don't you talk a little bit about what does it look like in each of your classrooms and um, how that looks. Uh, Dana, you sort of mentioned the the history doodle books can you talk mm-hmm. a little bit more about what those doodle books look like? What kind of things would the students be putting in there? Is everything going there? Is some things going there? Like, how does how does that work? Well, it's kind of funny because it's actually, we kind of, I dictate some things, but most of it is, I, I truly emphasize no rules. I, I give suggestions. We have kind of like a shared talk about what icons we might use in different situations, but in fourth grade, um, different from fifth, I've done fifth too, which was really fun for the Revolutionary War and stuff. Mm-hmm. But in fourth grade, it's all about the U.S. regions. So in how it's organized right now is we have two pages per um, chapter, basically, where we do more, it's more of like a mind map or a concept map mm-hmm. of where we know where we're headed for the instruction. We know we're taking this region and we kind of make a web, kind of like the, what's the structure I'm thinking of. Anyway, the central idea is in the middle and we kind of do like a brainstorm off of the central Mm -hmm. idea and that's kind of like our organizer for it. And then the next few pages are filled with the vocabulary for that section. Um, And that's when we kind of come up with collaborative icons. I kind of, I kind of emphasize the icons and emojis in fourth grade because that's a, it's an attainable thought to them. Mm -hmm. And we put those up on the board. So those first two or three pages are pretty structured. And then after that, they're just encouraged to um, listen for the big ideas, read the big ideas, and whatever sticks with them is what they should be um, jotting down in their doodle books. And then we kind of put them all together and um, take a picture and we put it up in their Seesaw accounts and stuff like that to be shared. Wow. And, and collaborate that way. So it's almost like uh, having an Indiana Jones grail, grail diary for each one of the, one of the <laughs> students, right? I mean, that's what I think of immediately. I like that better, yes. Yeah. That is awesome. Right? And, uh, and, and I love that you sort of, you provide sort of this base framework. So it sounds like you're establishing a framework right. and then you're letting them fill in the framework or even going outside the that framework is, if they feel like, right? Right. That is definitely something I've learned in the few years that I've done it is that it, they, need the, they need a basis, the foundation of just like... You don't want to give them too much structure because you want it mm-hmm. to be theirs. But at the same time, they're so young that it's 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 hard. I mean, it's the same with adults. I mean, Carrie and I mm-hmm. will talk about it more later, but you kind of want to know where to start so that you can go from there. So I've been really strong in like doing the organizational part first so mm-hmm. that then they can kind of go on their own and find their own style after that. Hmm. Wow. And I think... Um 
I, I've always been a believer in uh, limitations sort of force your creativity. So having that, the I guess maybe guardrails is even another good way guardrails to describe it, right? Thing, yeah. That yeah. Uh, it opens it up. So it gives them enough to get moving, but then within that, you know, canvas, then they can sort of explore and go beyond sure. maybe what you might For have sure. even imagined they would have done. Uh, For sure. So, Carrie, tell us a little bit about some of the things that you're doing. Do you do anything like a doodle book like this? Or you, it sounds like you break the pieces apart and maybe you do it more in component parts, but I'd love to hear how it expresses itself in your classroom. Sure. Um, icons play um, a pretty central role in um, my introduction of sketchnoting with my students. And um, because a lot of the a lot of the times with the students that I work with, comprehension is a really significant area that's impaired for them. The idea of visualizing something in your head or what I call what pictures in your head or what movies playing in your head is something that they either forget to tap into or haven't learned to tap into or need to learn to tap into. So I first introduced sketchnoting, um, the place that I felt like would be easiest, which was in reading books, reading text. And so um, using our reading program, we would read a page out of the text and then I would we would go back and read a paragraph at a time and I'd say what picture is playing in your head what movie is playing in your head and so at first the students were really hesitant and I would have to you know I would talk out loud about what movie was playing in my head and then I would draw the doodle on the board and then they would copy it in their text right next to the paragraph that we had just talked about and we continued with that for several paragraphs even several stories where they were just really comfortable with they got more comfortable sharing with what was happening in their imaginations in their heads. Mm -hmm. And then, um, then I would continue to write on the board what I was imagining. And sudden, soon, um, I would start to see the students deviating from my drawings and they, their drawings became their own. And so we would talk about an idea that was happening in, in our head about the picture. And then they didn't, um, need my picture anymore for, for to, um, doodle in the brooks and their doodles became their own. And so that was really where I first saw the really big impact of sketchnoting in my classroom was giving them, um, making them focus and making them tap into the fact that in order to understand things, whether it's what you see in the real world or what you're reading in text, um, there always should be a picture or something that you're imagining in your head. And so mm -hmm. that has been really um, powerful in the reading area. Mm -hmm. And so, um, it also, it's become part of every introduction of every um, new unit that we do. We'll, we'll open the text up and we'll look through the book and I'll tell them, if you see something that you know, write an icon that you think of when you see it. And so it's really great pre-assessment for a unit that we're reading. Mm -hmm. So we have this whole visual library. We use a lot of post-it notes mm. and we'll put them up on the front board of all the things that they already know about. And I can walk around the room and within 15 minutes, I already know what everybody knows about, like we did... Um, invader species. And so I already knew, you know, within 15 minutes, how much they all knew about invader species and what I was going to need, what we were going to need to fill in as we were going. And so that's been really huge too. And then we also have this built-in visual library as we're reading. So if somebody forgets how to draw something or needs an idea um, to help them mm -hmm. for an icon, they have a library of visuals that they can look at while we're reading the text. And that's really neat too. So it sounds, again, like guardrails in your case, too. You're sort of building, when you sort of talk about the movie playing in your mind, you sort mm -hmm. of show them how it how that looks. You model it. And then mm -hmm. once they sort of follow you along the rails, you know, then they can choose their own, you know, their own breakoff point and to go maybe a little bit differently or something. Um, that yeah, and great. it's really made them, yeah, it's really made them fearless, too. Um, I, I, they have just have a lot more confidence in, in what they're mm -hmm. thinking and sharing. 
And, you know, the fact that the doodles don't have to be perfect, I think it offers some opportunity for them to know that their ideas don't have to be perfect either, or that ours don't always have to agree. Like if I think one idea is important and somebody else thinks something else is important, um, that's okay too. And that's something that I think is something new for education even, that that kind of we all can have our own ideas and and they all can have value. And and so that's been really great. And we've actually also – entered into big sketch noting and we did that mm. for we're on world war ii and so we did um we're doing famous world war ii um people and so we started with one of adolf hitler together and i used a lot of structure from a um a learning device is called the eet expanding and expressing tool and so it helps students categorize information to help with um written language and expression, and I used the biography version of it. So we took slips of paper from that tool and glued them all over the um, this big piece of paper. And one of the students wrote the title, and then I did all the handwriting of the words. And then as a group, it was um, there's only eight of us, but we sat at a big table. And then we went through all the ideas, and I say, okay, so what does this make you imagine in your head? And I modeled for them how to doodle or attach the icon to the information. And so now mm-hmm. we're in the process of all the kids doing their own. And so it's been really, um, it's I'm, it really, it's very exciting. It's, it's quite fascinating to me to see, to watch them work. And I have one student who's really good at um, decoding. So she, she's um, a student who is a great um, fluent reader, but mm-hmm. comprehension is really hard for that student. And so right now that student's sketch note is a lot of words which is fine because mm-hmm. we'll ha- we'll go back and we'll attach the icons to them. And then I have another student who I never would have seen this coming. And he, when he takes his notes, he wrote his words out and his icons almost simultaneously. And so mm-hmm. it really made me, it really gave me insight on how important being able to visualize ideas really is highly connected mm-hmm. to the type of comprehender students are. So that was that was our latest aha. That was That's last awesome. week. Yeah, wow. pretty cool. That sounds like you guys are even getting inspired just listening to each other. <laughs> <laughs> I'm jotting down a couple ideas. Yeah, but we are. We are always. We have. Yeah. <laughs> so um, this is really fascinating. It's it's so fun to hear how it's getting expressed and how you're adapting it. And how I, I just love hear, hearing how the students are sort of taking it as their own and making it making it their own thing. They're really. Um, owning it right, I think that's huge um, and difficult. Um, you know, we have kids, and I can under I can understand how getting them to own things is uh, a challenge at times, right? Um, so, and when they do, you get really excited. Um, so uh, that's really fascinating to hear. And so I'm kind of curious to hear how this <laughs> has expressed itself in the next step. So I know a little something about you two. And that is you're presenting something at a conference, a workshop at a conference. Tell me a little bit about this conference and then uh, what the workshop is and how <laughs> how you guys managed to get this to happen. This is fantastic. <laughs> so every year, sorry, Dan, is it okay? No, go, yeah, go for it. <laughs> um, every year there's a um, organization called the Illinois Computing Illinois Computing Educators. Um, and it's a community of educators um, that have created this amazing organization that supports learning and technology and innovate and, and teachers being innovative. And so this year, Dane and I, um, we actually met at an ed camp. We decided <laughs> she was live sketchnoting the intro and I proposed a sketchnoting session. Um, and if for those people who don't know what an ed camp is, an ed camp is um, a, it's like kind of what they call an unconference. And so it's on a mm-hmm. Saturday and um 
people in the district put it together and they invite educators from wherever to come and learn. And so at the beginning of every conference, the teachers propose what sessions they want to learn about. And so you go where you want to learn. And if you're at a session and you don't like it, you stand up and you walk to the next one and you find one that works for you. And so Dana and I ended up um, at a sketchnoting session and it was (laughs) overwhelming, Mike. You would have like we almost died. Like there were people sitting out the hallway, which is just kind of unheard of for a scheduling for a ed camp session. And it was wow. in that instant where we were both talking and we both come from very different um, viewpoints when it comes to sketchnoting. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the best way. And right. it was just this wonderful tag team of talking about mm-hmm. um, sketchnoting. Now I forgot what, what the question was that you asked. So anyway, well, I think, but yeah. I, go ahead. Go ahead. So I knew in that moment that Dana and I, <laughs> needed to speak again and we needed to talk and we needed to present sketchnoting to other people. And so we started talking about this conference when it came up and um, we were like, Oh, let's just talk about a session. And we quickly realized that 15 minutes is not, not it. Right. <laughs> so we proposed um, for a, a workshop at the conference and they picked it up. And so it's, um, it's, a, it's just a wonderful opportunity. We hope that people sign up for it and, come to our sessions or our workshops so that we can teach them how to sketch note and mm. use it in their classroom to bring out the best in their students. Mm. I was going to say, um, just like kind of what Mike kind of said, I think part of the reason why we're so excited though, is that we're pretty passionate about getting it out there. And the fact that this is an Illinois computing educator conference, <laughs> it sounds all techie and stuff, but yet we picked up this workshop and we are not having them have, I mean, they can have devices out or whatever, but we, it's all down to the, like, we just want your brains and we want your creativity. And we, we are pretty passionate about like squashing the perceptions. Like I, I think even teachers, we're our own worst critics and mm. we ourselves are very nervous about it and they don't feel like they have the confidence to, they see the good of it and mm-hmm. they see like where it could go, but then they're like kind of stuck because they feel like they can't do it too. So like, I think mm-hmm. it's going to be pretty cool to be in that kind of situation where it's an innovative practice. It's it's a way that we can show it doesn't have to be high tech and crazy and intimidating at all. It could be literally you doodling in the side of your on the margins of your paper, like Harry says all the time. Like that that's you sketch noting. Like whenever you yeah. were doodling in college and high school, like whether or not you feel like you're an artist, it was it was pretty cool to come up with the idea to do the workshop. We're we're excited to spread the love to the teachers for sure. Huh. Wow. <laughs> Well, that's interesting to hear that um, sort of this fear of drawing or this fear of, uh, you know, showing others your drawing and being, you know, not not confident in it is universal, it seems like, mm-hmm. all the way from little kids up to, you know, yep. uh, elderly Absolutely. people, right? It's just For uh, sure. and any kind of uh, little boost of confidence you can give. And I think, uh, so the, what I hear and what both of you are doing, it sounds to me like it's collaborative, like you're doing it with your students. It's not, you're not up there telling them what no. to do it's it's very much uh, a collaborative environment where you're doing it with them and i think uh that sounds really exciting and i can imagine other teachers who come to this workshop will really pick up on that sense of hey we're, you can do it together in fact there's something i think um great about this idea that the teacher can be as much a student as the student right like you're both Absolutely. learning at the we're same all time learning. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and that that sort of uh, equalizes in some senses cuz so often you know teachers Absolutely. you know are supposed to be of course relaying information but i think 
there's an opportunity to you know get a bond going with your students when you are doing it with them and they can see that you're having as much fun as they are right like that's a really mm-hmm. great opportunity right um, no you're you're absolutely right i mean it you really can't do it in the classroom unless you're doing it with unless you're drawing with your students it's just absolutely. the most empowering thing for your students to see them uh to for them to see you drawing and i tend to be very self-deprecating when I draw and I'm very (laughs) critical of my drawings, but I do it absolutely on purpose because as soon as they hear me criticize my awful stick figure, all of a sudden Bobby, who didn't think he could draw, he feels like he can draw too. It's just, it's a really... It changes the whole atmosphere. It really does, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then on top of it, like drawing, whether you're good or bad at it, it calms you down and it makes you happy. So not only do I get to teach these kids, which I love at you know, with all my heart. Now I get to draw and it makes me happy and it makes them happy. The whole classroom dynamic just um, changes. Yep. Wow. So talk a little bit about what, uh, if, if unless it's a secret, what are you planning on? Teaching? What's your, what's your curriculum, curriculum going to be in case there are educators in the tri-state area around uh, <laughs> Illinois and Wisconsin and Iowa and I don't know, I guess you might come from Minnesota and Indiana. Never know. Yeah. Never, never know. know. So t- talk a little bit about what you guys plan on uh, undoing and how long you're going to have to do your workshop. Ooh. What is it? Two and a half hours, Carrie, right? Yes. Two and a half mm-hmm. hours. Mm-hmm. So I think we, we've we gone <laughs> in circles <laughs> we have. to create this. Yes, we have. Um, but we definitely, it's just going to be a down and dirty doodling workshop. I mean, we're going to basically we're going to teach them the elements we're going to what we hope to do is give them little like seed ideas all along the way that can then they can walk away with a big huge almost like an instructional manual for themselves to literally like bring into their classroom the next day and start i think that's the most way that we can like validate their time is that they can they can we want to use them to use it immediately like be excited about leaving the room and sketch noting <laughs> yeah that's yeah, uh, so our, that's good yeah our goal is to teach the the different components at singular singularly mm-hmm. through activities that they can then you know bring back to their classroom and use their students but also you know teach them the power of each individual part of a right. sketch note so they understand its power so they can hack and twist it however they need to in their classroom mm-hmm. so they can practice those but then we're also going to incorporate each individual piece and then show them how they can also use each individual piece to build a bigger sketch note so Mm, they'll be learning each individual piece and then also how they can all how it can all come together Hmm. and a lot of it's just going to be squashing their you know just getting them to draw yeah yeah just find their inner what do we say inner kindergartner their (laughs) five-year-old or if we want to be a little harsher we're just going to just get over yourself we're all going to draw it's okay no more fear no judgment right go excellent and I imagine, are you going to probably build in, I can imagine by the time they get to the end of this, um, there's probably going to be a good chunk of them. They're going to be really psyched up and have tons of questions. Are you uh, blocking out time for Q&A? Or are you just going to take questions after the session or uh, create, uh, I imagine they can email you too and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I imagine of, they'll be, oh, sorry, Dana, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm probably, I, I think you're about to say the same thing as I Questions as we go more than at the right. end. Um that's the, that tends to be my style when we're when we're when I'm running a workshop, and I'm sure Dana's is too. I was um, gonna say workshop versus presentation. I feel like workshop lends itself to kind of more of a 
give and take, you know, yeah. bouncing ideas off of each other mm-hmm. kind of thing. If it were a presentation, obviously we would build in more time, but mm-hmm. I have a feeling it's going to be a natural process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure people are, as they get to the end of it, their minds are going to be blown. And then, then you'll probably get like tons of email like, well, and then of course the stories then of, you know, how it's impacting their, right. their students. And, yes. you know, I can, I'll put the offer out there now for, um, if you want to uh, put something up on Sketchnote Army uh, to promote it and and mention it, and then also maybe write a oh, follow up story, that wow. would be really cool. Like photos Thank of you. the teachers, and um, I think that would be really great because uh, I know teachers are a huge uh, group that are turning on to sketchnoting. I'm seeing it definitely on my Twitter feeds and mm-hmm. and all over the place, and it's pretty exciting to see. So uh, we'll, we we're Thank you. definitely yes, Thank interested you. in supporting that and. Um, hearing stories about how it's impacting people out in the world. So that's really great. Thank you. Thank you. Well, um, now let's talk a little bit about um, what you guys do personally. So I know that we, uh, I know that you guys both do sketchnoting yourselves as well as in your classroom um, Mm -hmm. and you're into Mm -hmm. that. So maybe we'll start um, with Carrie first and then Dana talking about what things you like to do the most in your own personal sketchnoting stuff? <laughs> so I first started sketchnoting before I even knew it had a name. Um, it was when my daughters would like to draw a lot. And so um, I started sitting on the floor with them and I started drawing. And I also was an avid, I still am an avid blogger and love to write stories about my life. And so I started handwriting the stories and then adding these doodles in between the stories. And then one of my friends is like, hey, that's sketchnoting. I'm like, oh. And so, um, it didn't take me too long before I was, you know, sitting at conferences, listening to keynotes. Um, actually, the ICE conference was the first time I actually live sat in the audience and live drew a keynote ever. Um, and I found, like, it just connected me in a way that I had, you know, never connected with anybody before. And if you sit next to me at a conference, I, d- I don't shut up. Like, I'm always like, did you hear that idea? That's really awesome. <laughs> but And I'm, like, obnoxious about it, but I can't help it because ideas excite me. Um mm-hmm. But um, sketchnoting really lets me, you know, hone in and really just get, connect with the speaker and get my ideas down on um, paper. So I do, I do often, I really enjoy keynotes. I really love sketchnoting those. I find them um, to be my favorite thing. Um, I don't do a whole lot of stories and doodles anymore. I probably should. Um, but I mostly just like to draw in the classroom with my students Um and I have, Dana will laugh at me, but I have this little <laughs> hamster named Stanley um, that, I, that is my new project. And he's kind of like my alter ego. And so mm-hmm. I, do, I do love to draw. I like to draw him a lot and infuse him with um, real life. And mostly that's because I only have time right now to just draw little moments, but I want to yeah. keep drawing. So um, that's been super fun. I actually, you know, I, I, now that I think about it, I do have a session coming up um, this weekend on gamification, which is another passion of mine. Mm. And I did um, sketch note the whole presentation and I've actually made it my so goal cool. from this point forward to sketch note every presentation. So, uh oh, I know. So you that was, that, right? <laughs> Sounds that like was a throwdown. <laughs> quite, that was actually quite a challenge to, create a presentation for people to be able to walk away with and understand mm. the sketch note where, cause sketch noting is kind of purely the opposite. You know, I'm the only one that's supposed to understand it. So being able to come up with an idea and, and conceptualize it in a way that I know others will understand it was, was actually probably the most challenging thing I've done so far with sketch noting. Mm. But 
um, I just love it. I love to draw and I love the way um, sketchnoting, you know, awakens this part of us that I think we forget about. I mean, I really don't remember liking to draw before I had children hmm. um, or like finding pleasure in it. And now it's just this part of me that's just, I think it's in all of us. We just have to remember to, to reawaken it and, mm-hmm. and yeah, use before it, all know? the judgment happened. Right. Right. Yeah, right. exactly. And you guys are trying to, uh, in that sense, both of you are trying to suspend that judgment or release the judgment, right? That maybe is starting yep. to descend on, especially like seventh and eighth grade. Um, yes. You know, to be cool, sure. you know, drawing, you know, if you can make <laughs> drawing cool like that now becomes, that sort of flips the whole script in some ways. For which sure. Which is pretty cool. For sure. And uh, For sure. Carrie, I would love to see, um, I would love to see a Stanley uh, hamster comic book or something. That would be fun. Oh, take all the stories of you know, Stanley and turn it into a little comic or something like that. Oh, that would be fun. I have I've, a couple of my friends have mentioned things like that. Um, yeah. yeah, Dana, should I share with him our, my, your crazy idea? Uh, sure, of course. So <laughs> Dana knew about my Stanley, and so she came up with this idea of what did you call it the first time, Dana? Uh, the do- doodle buddy? No, doodle buddies, and so like these yeah. little like people like Stanley that would pop up in their text when Mm. they're learning that that would either say something to remind them about the text or be (laughs) thinking something. And so we came up with this idea called learning mascots. And so that's something Mm. else that we'll be doing at our workshop is having everybody create a learning mascot, that kind of that, you know, Alter ego, <laughs> alter ego that sits on your on your yeah. shoulder and your um, metacognition. <laughs> yeah, and so I actually did. I've started that with my new unit with my reading uh, kiddos, and they love oh it. Oh my so gosh! We read a page or a chapter, and their little learning mascot pops up and says something or thinks something about yep. what we've read, and they just think it's just the neatest. They're thing owning it. Basketballs and polar bears, and oh, we have a three D <laughs> printer that talks too. Oh wow! Mascots. Nice, nice, yeah. nice. Super fun. <laughs> Excellent. Makes me think of uh, the Muppet Christmas Carol and uh, you know your two, the two narrators and yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh! Totally for I sure. <laughs> How do I follow that? I don't no. know. Stop. <laughs> um, so me, I have been doodling probably since I could hold a pencil. Um, I literally was the cliche that went to a Catholic high school that got in trouble for doodling while taking notes and Mm. I didn't really know that I was doing anything wrong and I was Mm. actually probably paying more attention than three-fourths of the people in the class Mm -hmm. then (laughs) but um I didn't really have a name or a process to it until a few years ago and it's just been a game changer for sure um some of my favorite things to do just to keep me you know, active is read some of my favorite blogs and I like to sketch note or, you know, I say take notes, take my visual notes on the different blogs and especially like Edutopia who just overwhelms me with amazing ideas. And I just take an article every once in a while and sketch note them. But a huge part of my sketch notes that have become kind of like my thing, especially I'm known for at my school because the big buzzword now is anchor charts and everybody wants me to do their anchor charts mm. um, is the fonts and typography. That's mm-hmm. like my, you can see that that's a big emphasis within my sketch notes. And I'm always practicing different ways to use that as an emphasis for big ideas within sketch notes. And that's been kind of our fun thing to do in the classroom too, is just kind of play around with fonts and how you can use them to make things, you know, stand out or not. Mm. Um, but that's, Fonts have been a big personal style for me. Huh. Mm-hmm. You're preparing a whole generation oh, of designers, 
uh, yeah. she is. about typography, which is great. <laughs> For That's sure. Fantastic. Wow. Uh, so it's it's interesting how um, in many ways you're similar and in many ways you're quite different. And I think that's great mm-hmm. that you sort of you sort of uh, fill in the spaces where the other is different, right? In some ways, which is pretty For cool. Sure. So uh, so we've talked a little we're bit about money. yeah. Well, we talked about uh, sort of both what you guys are both doing, how you're doing this workshop uh, coming up at the ICE conference, and what your personal style and things you like to do are. So now, you know, if I don't ask this question, we'll have a revolt on the Sketchnote Army podcast, and that is, <laughs> what are your favorite tools? It can be sketchbooks, it can be pens and pencils, it can be software. Um, let's start with analog and go to digital after that, and I'm going to start with uh, Carrie. I um, am not a Sketchnote purist. I am, I'm recovering. I really just do <laughs> use... Um, Stop it, Tina. Um, I do. I am a pencil and paper kind of gal, and I am working on my way to being just a pen and paper um, person. But um, I'm really just a number two pencil and um, That's okay. and paper. And then I'll go. I'll usually in the past I've sketch noted um, in pencil during the during the keynote, and then I'll go over it with sharpies. I also like flare markers too, um, and I'll go over with those. But those are my those are my favorite tools. Yeah, flares are great. Yeah. Hmm. So me, um, I'm not a pencil person. I go straight to the flare and sketchbooks. Mm-hmm. Um, but for large scale, when I'm making like bigger, more visual things for bigger groups, I am a huge sucker for Mr. Sketch markers, the scented markers, and um, the Sharpie <laughs> poster markers. <laughs> Is there a favorite flavor are, that you like to draw with? <laughs> oh, I mean, the cherry and the blueberry together, they're, they're pretty good. <laughs> Mr. Sketch, we're going to have to get a show note in on, on that one. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> but flares, I'm going probably go through those paper mate and basically just a black because I, um, I have some brush markers, the Copic or Copic. Mm-hmm. Mike, do you know how to say it? No. C-O-P-I-C? I think okay. it might be Copic. Um, I don't know. Copic. Um, <laughs> I kind of, I basically just do black with the paper mm-hmm. mate flares. I haven't found much that I like better than that. And then I usually use like water brush okay. markers to do my highlighting and stuff. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I like flares so much now that I just go on Amazon and buy them in boxes of 12 and right? chew exactly. through them. That's pretty great. Mm-hmm. So um, now what about um, books and such? Do you, uh, are you just using like uh, letter paper? Do you like spiral bound books so you'd mentioned um dan in your class that you're having like the uh the indiana jones grail diary type thing are those bound books or what? they are spiral bound because okay. i mean they they're expensive and yeah. there's i needed 25 of them yep. so um they're probably not my first choice but they also have the perforated um thing which i think is awesome because i've had many of them you know that the easy tear so it's mm-hmm. not just the spiral um they like to put them in their portfolios and okay. stuff like that, or just take them home as long as I've got them documented first. <laughs> but, um, I'm not too picky on paper as long as I've got my flares so far. Okay. And they work pretty much on everything, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Carrie, sure. Carrie, what about you? Do you, are you pretty uh, paper agnostic? Do you have any favorite types <laughs> of paper or do you just sort of grab whatever's available or? Um, I've started using a sketchbook more. I like the ones that have the, um, the spiral at the top cause I'm a lefty. So they offer mm. more, okay. um, less interference than mm-hmm. the ones that have the side spiral. So, um, but really, um, it doesn't, I mean, I'm not too picky either. Okay. 
So you guys are both pretty flexible. I think as as teachers, you just sort of have to be <laughs> able to say, flex. Go with right? go. <laughs> yeah. And I think sometimes you find out that uh, there's. So I when I I just recently did a sketch note talk and a workshop in Philly at Drexel University, and um, the organizers got I don't know what kind of cardstock it was, but they took eight and a half by eleven sheets and cut them in half. And uh, Rob DeMio and uh, my friend Jake, the three of us were there. And at the end of the workshop day, there was like piles of those thick paper you know half sheets and we're like can mm-hmm. we take those <laughs> we each <laughs> like huge stacks that we put in our suitcases and took back with us <laughs> so you just, you just you never find know. out what kind that is <laughs> yeah i don't know what it, some kind of a white card stock it was uh probably oh. not that expensive but i've still got a stack i haven't worked my way through it yet but uh they had a really nice awesome. tooth to it and it worked really well with the flares so you never know when cool. you know that obscure piece of paper is like perfect mm-hmm. for what you need right, right. so i also I really feel like I go in different moods too. Yeah. <laughs> like I even know what flare is going to work better for me in which hour of the day, which is oh. so nerdy. <laughs> so do you like hold off? Like you need a fresh one for the sharp stuff and you need the squishy one for, for real. Yes. Yeah. And it depends on how, how well worked in the tip is like for different lines for sure. <laughs> need to like have a marking system. So, you know, like what, at what stage each uh, flare is at. Right? I, I might have that already. <laughs> <laughs> great minds think alike i guess <laughs> so we're at the part of the podcast now where we uh, we share tips so i think because we've talked so much about education and we want to uh sort of get people excited about this workshop that you're doing and you know if you're uh, if you're in the region and you can make it out to this event definitely do it um uh, but i think what i'm gonna have you each do is give three tips around uh how you use sketch noting in education it can be tips for you as a teacher and how you prepare or how to encourage or engage students or uh, ideas for exercises or activities that you found successful. It could be any of those things and each get three. So um, I'm going to start with, uh, I'll start with uh, who wants to go first. I'll go. Okay. You go. Okay. So I would say release the fear, no fear. Um, practice, practice, practice. Like we are teachers and we always need to practice what we preach. If you're going to be a better reader, you have to read. If you have to be a better writer, you have to write. Mm -hmm. If you want to be a better doodler, it's not about being beautiful and perfect. It's about just learning how to doodle and listening to your brain. That's basically what it is. So practice, release your fear, and let's go with (laughs) be okay with losing a bit of control, teachers. Because <laughs> teachers <laughs> love control. Yeah. <laughs> so just kind of allow the mess a little bit. Huh. Excellent. Those are those are great. Okay, Carrie, you're up. So I guess um, my first piece of advice, and I I would preface that with that I still struggle with this, but you have to take a deep breath and you have to stop being critical of yourself and being fearful of your drawings and what other people think of them. Um, mm-hmm. Because it's not about art, it's about connecting the ideas to what is in your head. Um, I would also tell teachers to start small. Pick one element of sketchnoting that they think is going to work with their subject area and allow themselves and their students to be good at it. So we use icons, um, maybe it's connectors or containers. Um, pick one thing to become good at and, and you know bring your students along with you on the journey. Tell them you're going to try something new and, and bring them along with, with this new adventure that you're going to try with them. Um, and I guess the last thing is, is um, you know, 
just draw with them and and enjoy the energy and the fun and the smile that it brings to your classroom and yourself. Hmm. Those are fantastic too. Love I, lo- I love the idea of taking one at a time. I've heard that's a good way to do habits too, right? Where you just do one until you mm-hmm. really nail it and then you add something, you stack, you stack those, you know, habits. Mm-hmm. And I think in the same way, like starting with icons, since, you know, emojis are just so crazy. You go to the mall and you see like the poop emoji mm-hmm. pillows and stuff. So it immediately relates, you know, kids can relate to it. So why not take advantage of that opportunity, right? So mm-hmm. sure. I think that's, those are six fantastic tips. And I think uh, <laughs> teachers are going to be excited uh, to hear and, and apply those. So um, as we wrap up the show, why don't you tell us uh, the best places to find you guys? So you mentioned blogs, and I imagine you're on social media and places. So um, let's start with Carrie, and then we'll uh, go to Dana after that. Tell us where to find you and and what we can uh, learn from you at those places. Sure. Um, When I have time, I blog. I love to blog and share and create at um, Carrie Bauckham, B-A-U-G-H-C-U-M.com. Um, I share mostly about my classroom, but I do share about my life and the learning that comes with being a mother and a wife. Um, I mostly talk about sketchnoting, and I also have a passion for gamification that I share there as well. Um, I'm also on Twitter at Heck Awesome and love, <laughs> love Twitter. Hmm. And I'm um, under the same name, just with an underscore in between the two words um, on Instagram as well. So Heck underscore Awesome. Yeah, I keep checking back to see if they're going to give me the one that doesn't have the space in it. But Instagram always says there's somebody that has that name, even though I can't find it. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dana, how, how do we find you? And for me, I'm pretty plain and simple. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at D Ladenberger, L-A-D-E-N-B-U-R-G-E-R. And I'm usually sharing my sketch noting or stuff in my classroom and hmm. getting the word out. Cool. So uh, teachers out there that are listening in, you know, you've got a couple of people to follow and engage with and uh, get inspired by. And I'm sure um, if you can't make it to that uh, workshop that they're putting on, that maybe there's a way that you guys can share your curriculum or or your presentations or whatever. And then maybe it inspires teachers in other areas to sort of take it and and interpret it in their own way and then provide it to teachers in their region. I think... um, I imagine you guys are more than happy to support and, and give ideas to any educators that want to do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, we're, we're hoping that up. this is just the very beginning of something, actually, Micah, because we do Yay. get a lot of requests for how to start things in the classroom. And so we hope that this workshop is the beginning of something um, more than just the workshop. Yeah, and I know um, I can mention that uh, a friend who is, so Dana and I have met before, We uh, she came to the <laughs> Chicago workshop that was at the base camp offices, um, and there was someone else there who was really into education, Wendy Pilar. Yes. And so she's yes. got a book out um, as well on visual note-taking. We'll put that in the show notes, so right. you can go check that out if you're an educator and see that. Um, and what I'm going to do, guys, is uh, invite you to send me like all the links you can think of that you want included in the show notes for educators to go check out stuff around sketch noting anything where it crosses those two streams and uh we'll we'll just load it up so there's there'll be tons of resources for any of the teachers that are out there listening that want to get some ideas uh we want to definitely support that Perfect. So, well, thank you guys for coming out and uh and hanging out and and sharing your stories it's just so exciting and and fun to hear the excitement in your voices uh, about doing this with your with your kids and then sharing it with other teachers so it can keep on spreading. Thank you so much for all you guys are doing. 
Thanks Thank for, having, for us. having us. Amazing. And thank you for for being one of my gurus. <laughs> yeah, no problem. I'm feeling I'm feeling more like Yoda all the time. <laughs> so, um, well, I think that is a great note on which to uh, to wrap up the show. And uh, thanks so much, everyone, for listening. And definitely check out the show notes. There's going to be, I think, a ton of stuff in here. And uh, until the next episode of the Sketch Note Army podcast, this is Mike Rody signing off. See you guys.